Well, hello, teachers. Welcome to another episode of the Teaching Middle School ELA podcast. Caitlin here, and I'm your host. In today's episode, we are doing an interview with two of my friends, Amanda and Marie, who recently started a new podcast called Brave New Teaching. And so we are going to be talking about just that, being brave in the classroom, taking risks, what that looks like in your curriculum. And even though we recorded this before schools were um, kind of put on hiatus through the end of the school year, I think a lot of it is still applicable to us in the online learning space, um, in a distance learning space. So put your thinking hat on, be open to this, be open to new ideas, and really start to think about and brainstorm different ways that you can kind of start to take on this mindset of brave new teaching, what that looks like for you. And I'm just really excited to share this fantastic episode with you guys. Welcome to the Teaching Middle School ELA podcast, where it's all things reading and writing all the time. Game-changing lessons and fresh ideas, along with a dose of inspiration, are shared to help make your teaching life just a bit easier. And now your host from the blog EB Academics, Caitlin Mitchell. All right, teachers, welcome back to another episode of the Teaching Middle School ALA podcast. I am here with two amazing teachers. I have Marie from the Caffeinated Classroom and Amanda from Mud and Ink teaching today with us. Welcome, you guys. Hey, Caitlin. (laughs) This is my first interview that I've had two people that I'm interviewing at the same time, so I'm interested to see how it goes. (laughs) Yeah, we have to be careful not to talk over each other. We have a tendency to do that. (laughs) That's where the best ideas come from, though, right? True. I love it. Um, so Marie, let's start with you. If you can tell us like a little bit of background information about you and um, where we can find you online so that we get to know you before we jump into the episode. Sure. So like you said, my name is Marie and my blog is called The Caffeinated Classroom. I have a YouTube channel by the same name and then I'm on Instagram at The Caffeinated Class. And I don't really remember why I stopped it there, but I did. Um, and I have been a high school teacher for, gosh, this is year 13. Most of that time was spent in the English classroom, but part of that time would, was spent as my school's theater arts coordinator. So I was teaching theater, like production and all of that good stuff. So I've been all over campus in the humanities. Um, And then I also have a couple of years within there where I taught uh, on like a learning wheel, traveling to different elementary schools in my district and doing enrichment sort of programs. And then I went back into the high school classroom and that is where I teach 10th and 12th grade today. Excellent. I love yeah. a huge, you know, range of experiences. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that makes it more fun though. I feel like sometimes when you, you know, move grade levels or you teach different subjects, you can pull ideas from other areas into your ELA content. Absolutely. It just makes things a little bit more da- dynamic and it reminds me, like I start to lose track sometimes when I'm doing the same thing all the time, but doing different things and reminding myself of the different things I can do brings in those like real world connections in a really cool way too. So it's good to have the variety, but totally. it's tiring. Very cool. Amanda, you want to go ahead? Oh, hey guys. Uh, <laughs> yes, I am Amanda. Um, my blog is Mud and Ink Teaching. You guys can find me on Instagram there too. Um, I've been teaching for 12 years, I think it is now. And um, I have not really moved around quite as much as Marie. And I know Caitlin, you've moved around too. Um, but I've been straight up high school for 12 years. And my big change came, I spent a decade in the school where I started. And so I was, I was thinking that I was a lifer in that school. 
and I was pretty comfortable. I mean, really comfortable. And, um, we got pregnant with my son and at the time, you know, things had slowly started moving further and further from school because my husband lived about an hour from where school was. So anyway, after a lot of consideration, I ended up moving and starting my life over a little bit further away. So I started over at another school after 10 years of teaching in one school. So I am currently living out the experience of shifting schools and uh, it's been very eye-opening for me. So that's been the greatest career challenge for me has been one, getting over the hump of being a new teacher and then doing it again in my thirties. Yeah. <laughs> That is so true. I've been in three different schools just because of moving, same thing. And every time it's kind of always like you walk in and you have no idea what to expect because even though you've maybe taught that same grade level, that same content for years, it's a whole different ball game in a whole new school and a whole new environment. So, Oh yeah. The politics, the how things run, the the kids and where they're from. I mean, all of that is just, I was like at the point at my school where I was starting to have siblings come up, you know, and I knew the family, you know, we were like, Oh, Hey, you know, it was like no big deal. We were all family. And then it was like totally starting over in a totally new culture. So yeah, that's where I'm existing. And I have two kids at home now. So it's it's crazy. (laughs) And that changes you too. I mean, I became a totally different teacher after having my son, I think for a lot of better ways, Mm that I became a better teacher as a result. Um, but it is interesting how much having kids changes everything, but also how you teach. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't think there's a single thing that I didn't reconsider when I had my first kiddo, my son, and then having my daughter, it's like all of a sudden all these things went into place. And I was like, Oh, I see perspective now. Now I see see it all so clearly. (laughs) Yeah. A hundred percent. Interestingly enough, one of the big takeaways for me was I became so much more sympathetic to parents. Yes. Me too. Because I was like, that is going to be me probably. Oh, Mm -hmm. for sure. (laughs) You know, just gives you a totally different perspective. Um, Okay. So we could talk about that forever, but let's move (laughs) on to talking about the fact that you guys just launched a brand new podcast, which is amazing. Congratulations. Thank you so much. It is called Brave New Teaching. It's awesome. I'm so excited for our listeners because we were talking about this before we recorded our episodes air on Tuesdays, yours air on Thursdays. So they have two awesome podcasts to listen to about English on their way to and from school. It's true. We just want to fill your week with (laughs) ELA and teaching conversation and all of it. (laughs) I love it. So let's talk about that. You call, you're calling your podcast, the brave new teaching podcast. Why did you name it that? Like, where did that name stem from? What is really your like vision for what you guys are doing? So I think part of that has a lot to do with how Marie and I met. Um, Marie and I met for the first time, uh, let's see, 2019 is, was the summer. I don't want to say this year because it was last year. <laughs> uh, in the summer of 2019, we presented together um, at Ashley Bibles, Keeping the Wonder, not Ashley's. Ashley is the mastermind behind the team of many people who do Keeping the Wonder workshop. And so we were both presenters there. And so when you're a presenter at Keeping the Wonder, you're automatically kind of in this very similar hive mind philosophical place. And so we became very fast friends and have similar, you know, personalities. And so I think when we became friends, we knew we wanted to do something together. And the longer we talked and the more time we spent together, we realized that that truly what we had the most in common was our philosophy and how we want to approach teaching. So yes, our podcast is a lot about 
English specifically, but really what unites us. And I think the thing that puts a fire under us is this idea of we believe in absolutely just turning the tables on tradition, trying new things, being brave with the things that you want to try, and just providing a community where other teachers can hear about us trying it and other teachers trying new things and just feel supported in what can be a really scary environment sometimes. Absolutely. And like the, the title itself went through, I, I don't know, what do you think, Amanda? We, we spent like two weeks on the title, at least just, just running things, things through. And we would, we would like have three options and we would talk about it and then we'd chew on it for a while. And then we'd have three completely different options. And like, there were a few different plays on titles and we knew we wanted something kind of like book nerdy. And we really started talking about dystopias and how we both love to teach with dystopias in our classrooms. And we went through, like I said, it went through the mill a few times and we kind of <laughs> got onto like, what about, about being brave? What about, what about like trying new things? And then it was like, Oh, brave new world. And then we were like, I don't know. And we actually landed on brave new teaching as kind of like a tongue in cheek little nudge towards brave new world, but also about just like breaking the mold and getting away from the status quo and trying new things and having like the confidence and the community to be able to do something like that. And that's what we want to build with this podcast. That's beautiful. And I think that what, that what you guys are doing through that is so important because I am sure there are so many teachers who are feeling that way, who want to break the mold, who want to try something different. And it's interesting. And I'm, I'm, it sounds like you guys are similar. I've always been the person who's like, I'm going to do it this way, you know, <laughs> like I'm going to push the envelope as much as possible until I get in trouble just to see what happens, just to see what, what I can do in my classroom. And I know a lot of people maybe don't have that kind of like, you know what, whatever happens attitude that I just have all, I, that's always been my personality. Mm -hmm. Um, and to be able to provide them with that support and with like, Hey, this is what I'm seeing as a result of using these strategies in my classroom. Imagine being able to do this too, like showing them what's possible for them in their own classrooms. Absolutely. I think also just that level of like camaraderie that comes with hearing from somebody else's trials and errors. Because mm -hmm. frankly, I'm not the person who has always been super excited to try new things simply because I was like, what if it failed? Like I'm that type A like what if it fails? Mm -hmm. But over the years, seeing how trying new things and seeing how like breaking the mold was so beneficial for students, how could I not? Right. Like how could I not push and try? And then yeah. now I'm now I'm just loud and all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> and what's the worst that can happen, right? You try exactly. something new, it doesn't work, and you learn so much from that. It, I heard this great quote from someone recently that success is the worst teacher right? When oh, yeah. we don't fail and we tell our students this all the time, right? We have to fail in order to learn. Yeah. And it's kind of like the same thing that you guys are saying for us as teachers, like what you went through, Marie, like we got to fail to learn and we're going to get better as a result of that. So this is really exciting. I'm super stoked for you guys. I well, can't yeah, wait to we're, we're so happy that you had us. I was, it was so funny. I was listening to your episode with Laura Lee and mm -hmm. thinking about grammar and I, I'm listening to you guys talk about grammar and I'm thinking, man, that is totally my Achilles heel. Like I have, <laughs> I have been avoiding that forever. I have not been wanting to be very brave in that arena and just let it go. And you guys are just so brilliant. And I was like, okay, like I love Laura Lee as another Illinois teacher. And I, I look up to her so much and um, I was like, I just need to suck it up and do it. Like I need to take my own <laughs> advice. And like that's one of my areas that we will not talk about in our podcast. 
until I try it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Hilarious. Well, you can maybe, Laura Lee can come on your guys' podcast too. Yes. And just maybe she just needs to come into my life and just nudge me. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> hilarious. Um, so let's talk about some of the, the things that we were going to cover today in the episode. Um, let's talk about this idea of, you know, how, okay. So I'm a teacher. I'm listening to this episode. I'm like, okay, I'm inspired, brave new teaching. Like, yeah, like I'm going to try it. Like, how do I do this? How do I embrace that idea of trying something new, of doing a new strategy of bringing something into my classroom without being overwhelmed? Cause I know that like, that is a huge reason why some people wouldn't do it. Like, Hey, I've already got everything I'm doing. Like, I don't want to do anything else. So how do we, you know, help them through that? I really think that the best thing to do is to just start small, like start with what you're comfortable with, right? Because while we do address new teachers quite a bit, I like to keep in mind the phenomenal teachers I know who are scared to try something new because they've been doing the same sorts of things for 15 plus years. Um, the teachers who just don't even know where to start because they are so bogged down already. I mean, especially speaking from like an ELA background, there's so much writing there's so much effort that goes into teaching and grading writing, right? And the writing mm -hmm. process that mm -hmm. thinking of doing something new is just like, nope, not enough time in the day. So I would say the first thing to do is to just like look at something that you hate teaching, like the thing that you abhor <laughs> and see what tweaks you can make to it, right? Like that thing that you hate might be the thing that you need to change first yeah. and then start with what you're comfortable with and see what you can find and do and change. Yeah. I love that. So Amanda, you're going to start with grammar. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Decision made for you. You're yes. going to start with grammar. <laughs> Hilarious. So, okay. So going with that idea of like starting small with one thing that I abhor, um, for me, I'm trying to think would probably be vocabulary. I just, I haven't oh. stepped into that ever and I don't know why, but you know, it is what it is. So how do I, you know, now can you were talking about like unit planning, right? So I'm like, okay, I'm going to be brave. I'm going to try something new. And so now I'm going to step into this through creating a unit. And so how do I set up my unit plan in a more, like you guys were saying, like conceptual way, um, that's going to allow me to kind of push the envelope a little bit and maybe be braver in my teaching and bring different ideas to what I'm doing. So, so for me, I think I can speak to this because this, this happened to me. Um, I, I was in that comfort zone of, I don't know, I was a solid like five, six years in and I was like, okay, I got this. I'm teaching Julius Caesar. I've got this play. I've got five acts worth of study guide questions. Like I'm good. And then Carol Jago actually is the one who came in to speak to us. She's, I don't know if you guys have ever read anything by her. Um, she's an awesome, she's a Heinemann author. And she started talking to us about, other ideas. We met with some professors from some universities nearby and we started to learn about essential questions and truly the power that they can bring to a unit. And what I was afraid of was that it was going to be like a total overhaul, not like Marie saying small steps. I thought it was going to be a total overhaul and a nightmare of trying to start over. And what I learned very quickly is as soon as I could get over my stubbornness, Essential questions are a really easy way to take what you're already doing, but just look at it differently. So my experience with To Kill a Mockingbird, I talk a little bit about on the podcast coming up soon. Mm -hmm. um, we haven't released that episode yet, but um, I, I talk a lot about how for me, it's been unsuccessful every year. I've popped in and out of that class teaching it. And so 
to, to Marie's point, I took something I hate, <laughs> even though so many people love it. And, <laughs> and I figured out like, okay, well, what's the question that we really need to talk about with this book? Like what, what's really, what do kids care about? And so we came up with the question, um, to what extent is empathy enough when injustice occurs? And so that question is super relevant right now. It's relevant in the novel. And then all of a sudden it opened up doors to poems, nonfiction, movies, like all these other things that I could do now or I could wait for later. So just, to, just by reframing with an essential question, we, we were really successful um, trying something new. Yes. I love that. And when you said that essential question that you guys used for To Kill a Mockingbird, I'm not even kidding. I literally got chills because like, it's so powerful. And you know, we've, I've always used essential questions. It was just the way that I was taught in my graduate program. And it had it for me, when I was creating my units allowed my, my planning to be so much more meaningful. And it was so much more intentional in every little thing that I was doing. How are all of these activities, how are these discussions, how is this reading all leading to help us understand and discuss a really important topic, a really important question that like you're saying is so relevant to the real world and to life today. And like, that's what I love so much about English is it allows you to have those conversations with kids that can change the trajectory of their lives and what they end up doing with their lives and social justice issues. I mean, so many things pop up in English that I mean, I, it could come up in math, but when I taught fifth grade math, it wasn't really quite there when we were talking about (laughs) fractions. Um, but I love that, Amanda. I mean, essential questions are, are, are hugely important to helping you start thinking about a unit in a different way. Yeah. And I think it takes a brave conversation also to sit down with your team and say, Hey guys, why are we still teaching this book? Not, not we should get rid of it, but why are we teaching it? Cause I think sometimes that's how it's interpreted when you, when you approach someone about, we're, we're very much in love with the books that we teach and we're so personally attacked sometimes um, <laughs> through the suggestion that maybe it doesn't work or maybe what we're doing isn't working. And so I think that's a lot of what I want to talk about um, even more on the podcast is about having that conversation and taking a step toward making it work, not necessarily eliminating what you're doing or starting over. Yeah. Um, that's not always the case. And one other thing, sorry, Marie, you were going to say something. No, go ahead. With essential questions, Amanda, that I think is so important too, and you were kind of started talking about is when that's your essential question, right? It's not specific necessarily to a character, right? Or to the novel per se. You can now bring in informational texts from like Newzella that are relevant to what's happening in the world today that are going to help students think about that question differently. And you're able to pull in all of these different resources and sources into your classroom that probably would not have happened had you just been focused on like, okay, we're into this chapter and we're going to answer these questions as a group. Right. Mm-hmm. It changes. Everything. What I was going to say actually goes perfectly, Caitlin, with what you were just saying. Also, the more thematic and the more inquiry-based uh, your planning is, the less content like specific or text specific it has to be so that then you do have the freedom. Because I'm the person who comes, I love To Kill a Mockingbird for its literary merit, but there are some there are some issues. And so I look at it and I go, I feel like there are other things, there are other texts out there that serve our students better and in a more timely manner than 
maybe this novel. And so if we look at a unit that's thematic and that's inquiry based, we can bring in any text, right? Like anything that fits thematically can go in there and you can swap things out because like Amanda was saying, I'm not saying get rid of it. Well, sometimes I am saying get rid of it. Sometimes I'm (laughs) saying try something else and see if the cream rises back to the top and then bring it back. Right. Like, so for me, part of that braveness, not a word, but we're going to take it, (laughs) uh, is like, experimenting and throwing things out and bringing them back if we need them. Yeah. So, you know, as we kind of come to the end of talking about trying new things, being brave in the classroom, visualizing unit planning a different way, is there anything that we didn't touch upon that you feel like really passionate about and that you're so excited to share on your guys's podcast that, you know, our listeners can be like, yeah, yes, I feel the same way. I have to say that I spent a lot of time in my early mid career feeling so alone. And a lot of that was due to nothing other than my own like warped perceptions of the world and just like what was going on around me because I was so in it in my classroom that I couldn't see the forest through the trees. And so I think one big bright shiny spot for something like this podcast is it's the podcast that I wish I had had as a new teacher when I would just sit at my desk and cry because I felt like I was doing everything wrong because I didn't feel right doing things in the traditional format or in the traditional way. It just didn't feel true to the way I could teach. Um, So that's one thing that I'm really looking forward to is the teachers who will connect on that personal level and just feel like, oh, there are other people out there like me. (laughs) There are tons of us. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Social media brought that alive. So like that's, you know. Yeah. I love I that. I hope Amanda? so too. And I really, I'm, I just look forward to every time Marie and I sit down to record, like we just have a good time and I, our podcast is, is not really very serious. Like, well, that's not true. <laughs> we definitely have some soapbox moments where we're really just, I mean, <laughs> digging in deep, but we're also kind of ridiculous and really silly, um, which I guess I was never expecting whenever one day I created a podcast that <laughs> it would be really goofy sometimes. So we have kind of an unexpected uh, approach. I think people might find that we are, we're kind of, kind of crazy. Well, I'm really excited. I'm so we're recording this just so everyone who's listening knows this episode will have aired after your first episode airs, but we're recording it prior to the episodes airing. So I haven't heard any of your podcast episodes yet. And I'm just really excited um, to see what you guys have to say. And I'll, you will have a new listener in me for sure. Um, and I want to let our audience know too, our, our listeners, I know, you know, this is the teaching middle school ELA podcast and you're both high school teachers and yes, it's geared toward high school teachers, but I definitely think that even if you are a middle school teacher listening to us right now, go give it a listen. You know, I taught high school for many years before teaching middle school and there's so much overlap, so much that's applicable that you will definitely benefit, um, from, from listening to it, even though it's geared towards high school. So. I just want to throw that out there. Well, thank (laughs) Thank you. you. I hope so. Um, So, okay. The Brave New Teaching Podcast, it aired last Thursday on iTunes, on where you Spotify, everywhere, basically, the podcast can be found. Fantastic. I love it. Um, So I would love for you guys to, you know, take a listen, pop into their DMs and let them know what you think. Let me know on the podcast. Um, If you're listening, tag us on Instagram so that we can see you and connect with you on social media. We would love that. And as we wrap up the episode, I do have five quick fire questions for both of you 
interview that I ask all of our interviewees. Um, so it's just the first thing that comes to mind when I ask you this question. So I guess Marie for each one, do you want to go first? And then Amanda, sure. you can go second. Okay, perfect. Cool. All right. So the first question is if you could travel aside from coronavirus right now, no. if you no. could travel anywhere in the world, where would you go? France. Back to Iceland. Oh, I've always wanted to go there. Was I've it so twice. cool? Oh well, my gosh. I literally would go back again. So cool. Okay. So I'm going to have to add that too. Like I got to get that yeah, done. I guess yeah. I do too. I've, <laughs> I've been to France and I just like to keep going back, but I yes, can buy my portfolio. <laughs> I love France too. My brother lived in France for about two years. Um, and it was just so special that we got to go so visit cool. him. When he moved home to America, we were like, do you really want to come back? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You sure? <laughs> yeah. No, I don't think so. Um, okay. Next question is what is your favorite month of the year? Oh gosh. Honestly, I would say like May. I was going to say May or June. I, I was going to stop gonna, it. You June guys. Was on the tip of my tongue. Cause June, we're definitely out of school, but I love, I don't even mind being in school during May. I, you know, there's something that's really fun and kind of magical about May because yes. like things are gelling and like classroom community is gelling and you like, there's just something really special about it. And I teach seniors. So there's something also about like the nostalgia mm -hmm. and I milk that. Let me tell you <laughs> every minute of every day, like you guys, this is the last May 6th you'll ever be in grade <laughs> school. And there's just I love, and I love the smell of flowers in the air and things start to get fun and silly and bright. And I love it. May is the best. I, I'm a May yeah. birthday and Jessica's a May birthday also. So that's why we like May, but good answers. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Next question is what is your favorite lunch item? Dessert. <laughs> <laughs> so every day I make my kids lunches, right? Cause they're going to preschool and elementary school. And we have one of those little like plastic bento boxes for each of them. And in the middle of the bento box is this little circle hole. And I'm pretty sure it's for like ranch dressing, <laughs> but I definitely just drop in M&Ms and chocolate chips every day. Aww. I'm like, because my mom used to put little treats in my lunch. And so it just makes me really excited. That's <laughs> sweet. I love that. <laughs> uh, mine would have to be croutons. Like I like a salad, but the best mm. part is definitely the croutons. Nice. You're not wrong. Yeah. I like the crunchiness too, but I will say I use tortilla strips instead of croutons in my salads. Okay. Okay. Have you tried that before? I have had that served to me, but I've not <laughs> made that for myself. <laughs> it's the best. I love it. Uh, try it. You'll like it. Okay, okay. Okay. Next question is what is the last book that you've read? The last book that I read, I've just finished War Storm, which is the last book in the Red Queen series. And it took me a minute to get through it by Victoria Abiard. It is, uh, yeah, I'm total nerd. It is a YA dystopian novel <laughs> and I love it. Um, I just wrapped up the highly controversial American Dirt by Jeanette Cummings. Nice. Thoughts on it? Um, I will probably get raked over the coals for this, but I really <laughs> liked it. She and I have been talking about it for days. Like just as she gets through it, we've been discussing, we've been discussing possible teaching ideas with controversial texts like that. Mm -hmm. We had a whole riff going on earlier today over our voice memos about how to approach these kinds of texts and like yeah. what grade level it's appropriate. And it's For pretty sure. funny. I well, like it because I like the conversation I could have with my kids about the problems that are in it. Gotcha. So nice. there's, there's a lot there. Kids would read it for sure. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, there, there's a lot of literary criticism around it. And I think my kids would read that too. Right. Interesting. So yeah, I'm kind of, yeah. I'm kind of feeling that idea. <laughs> okay. Last question is if you weren't a teacher, what would you do? I would be a party planner. And I know that that's what Amanda's going to say too. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> a party planner. <laughs> We've talked about it. I would be an event planner um, because quite frankly, lesson planning is uh, planning, prepping and executing and then cleaning up from events. <laughs> that's what we do day in and day out. Totally. Yeah. I took if an I event. Had to some- no, so if I had to no. pick something different, I'd probably be in the travel industry. I, I actually, when I was in between jobs, I applied to work for an educational tour company and I wanted to like plan trips for classes and teachers and stuff like that. But I wanted to get paid a lot more than what people get paid. <laughs> so maybe not that. Yeah. <laughs> I took an event management class in college um, and it was fascinating. Just, you know, it was more about like fundraiser events. And it was just really interesting all of the different intricacies that go into it. And you're right. It is so much like planning. Oh, yeah. I mean, I feel like teachers would be the best at any job ever. So With the amount of things that we juggle and the decisions that we make, isn't there like a statistic where teachers make yes. the same amount of decisions as a surgeon? More. I think it was more. like exponentially yeah. more. And, yeah. No, I think you're right. And With it's no like, assistance. Yes. Yeah, exactly. With no nurses. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I feel like we are very highly uh, productive people and then we burn out. So that's why like breaks are good because yeah. like, go, 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 burn out. Yep. And just yeah. chill, <laughs> just chill on your breaks. Just do exactly. that thing. <laughs> well, thank you so much, the two of you for coming on the podcast. I just really enjoyed this conversation. I would love to have you back again um, at some point in the future and just, you know, work with you guys because... I just really am excited about what you guys are doing and your vision and, you know, the crusade that you're on for teachers to be brave in the classroom. I just think is really wonderful. So thank you. Thank you so much for having us. We need to have you on brave new teaching as well. Done. We start doing interviews. I would love that. Thank you so much. You guys. Such a fun episode. I loved talking to Amanda and Marie. Sorry about that little hiccup there at the end. We had a little bit of an audio issue when we were uploading it to be added to the podcast, but I hope that you enjoyed it. Make sure that you go check out their new podcast, Brave New Teaching, and I will see you guys next week on Teaching Middle School ELA Podcast.